Well, welcome to South Point. My name's Tanner. I'm on staff here. And Dustin is currently not here. He's with 15 high schoolers and a few other sponsors driving to Tennessee right now. So I hope he makes it back. Uh, <laughs> but let's, uh, let's say a prayer for them right now. God, thank you so much for the young people who are such a huge part of this church family. Uh, they are not just the church of the future. They are the church of the present. Uh, God, that they are already step up. They lead in different ways. They lead in music. They lead uh, teaching some of the younger kids. Uh, God, they, they set a great example, and, and we just know uh, how wonderful it is to see someone <clears throat> who has a faith uh, that believes that you can do anything. And uh, so oftentimes, God, we admit that 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 weakens in us as we grow older. Uh, I pray for this high school group uh, that you will speak into them, that you will meet them right where they are in their lives and their struggles and their situations, and that you will bring them back to inspire the rest of us. We love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So if you are just joining us uh, here at South Point, uh, let me introduce us as a church family uh, the reason that we exist is we want everyone to actually experience God's unconditional love. We believe that his love is something that when we actually experience his love, that it changes our, our hearts, it changes our lives. Uh, and there's no thing that compares to this. And I don't know where you are in, in your spiritual journey. If you're just at the beginning, I hope that you uh, will be able to listen today encounter that love, you will listen to the scripture that we talk about and say that this is, this is this Jesus that I would like to get to know a little bit more. Right now what we are doing uh, through this whole year is we are actually teaching through one of the gospels, one of the biographies of Jesus in scripture, the book of John, uh, where John, a close friend of Jesus, really spends his time revealing who Jesus is to the rest of us for this purpose that we can believe in him and trust in him and have life in his name. Uh, we're focusing on different parts of this book. Right now, we're focusing on something called Signs. Uh, it, it may sound like a strange title for a series of messages, uh, but the reality is what John does in his gospel, in his biography of Jesus, he actually records seven miracles and he refers to them as signs. Uh, the number of miracles he includes is intentional. He includes seven because this is a complete picture of God and his kingdom. And he, he calls them signs because I believe that these events that happen in the first century point us to something that changes our lives. We've talked about him turning water into wine and how that points to the joy that is available in God's kingdom. We've talked along the way about a few different signs. And today I believe that our sign that we're talking about points us to having a courageous life. When we talk about, when we talk about everyone experiencing God's unconditional love, my hope is that if you know Jesus, if that is, is something that you have experienced, that you want other people in your life to be able to, to know and to experience that themselves. And what that means for us if you are a Jesus follower is that that requires, that oftentimes requires courage on your part 
and on my part. And I hope that today when we encounter and we read this sign, we encounter Jesus, we read this sign, we read this story, that it will unlock this courage in you. That it will awaken a desire in you. That you will start to see life differently. I believe that having the proper perspective changes our lives, and that's where courage comes from. So today what we're going to do is we're going to read just a few verses. This is one of the shortest signs from John chapter 6, starting in verse 16. Jesus walking on water. So when evening came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and they set set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water. And they were frightened. Understandably so. But he said to them, it is I. Don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. Now this takes place right after the story that we read last week, the story about Jesus feeding 5,000 men and their families. The disciples just saw this. They just witnessed this. They're coming down from the spiritual high. Jesus realizes that all the people whom he just fed want to make him a king by force, and he says, no, this is not the right time, so here's what I need to do. I need to withdraw by myself. I just need to pray. And his disciples then set off across this lake, and they find themselves in a storm. What I believe that this, will, this story teaches us, what we will see in the story, what we will see that will unlock courage in us, is we will see what courage is, and we will see what courage does. So first of all, what courage is. Now this is going to sound very strange. I realize this. Very, very strange. But courage, what it is in the scripture, courage is fearfully fearless. Fearfully fearless. You say, what? (laughs) That doesn't even make sense. Well, if you remember when they encountered Jesus, when they saw Jesus walking to them on the water, their reaction was not excitement. It was not enthusiasm. Their reaction was that they were frightened. And then Jesus responds and he says, it is I, don't be afraid. They were frightened and then he tells them not to be afraid. What we're going to do right now is we're going to spend a little time on this part because this is the part that I believe in, in churches, you hear messages, this is the part that is glossed over. But if you miss this part, you're going to miss a key aspect of courage. So we're going to look through four different scriptures. And I believe that when we, see, when we encounter Jesus, we see Jesus for who he is. That it will unlock this courage within us. Why? Because one, it gives us wisdom. Two, What it does is it helps us see us, ourselves, for who we actually are. Three, it helps us interpret the circumstances of our life when things are going, when we're obeying and we're doing well. But also what it does, the fourth thing, helps us interpret circumstances when we're not really obeying. We're not doing that which we thought we should 
do what we think we should do. So first of all, what Scripture says is that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7 says this. Proverbs is a, is a book full of very short sayings. If you like short sayings, one verse at a time, check this out. They're, they're sayings built on wisdom. And he says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It, and he says, but fools, what they do, they despise wisdom and they despise instruction. He says, when you encounter this God for who he is, when you see him, you realize that his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. You realize his ways are higher than your ways. You, you start to, to realize, you know what? I, I have to lean on him. You see him for so much bigger than yourself. You realize that the fear of the Lord, when you realize that you're standing in awe of this God, that he is the one who has the answers, that you don't have the answers, and that is where the beginning of this book of Proverbs says that wisdom begins with this fear of knowing the one in whom you are in the presence of. Of course you're going to listen to him. That's the beginning of wisdom, is the fear of the Lord. So if you want wisdom, you've got to know who Jesus is and whom you're encountering. Two, you start to see yourself for who you are. There's this powerful moment that is recorded in Scripture where the prophet Isaiah someone who would go on to relay the message of God to people and people who would not eventually respond. Isaiah encounters God for himself. The result is that he sees himself for who he is. We read about this in Isaiah chapter 6. He records his own story. And he said, in the year that King Uzziah died, he said, I saw the Lord. He's high and exalted. He's seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two wings, they covered their feet. With two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The earth is full of his glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. And Isaiah says this about himself. He encounters God, and he says, woe to me. He says, I am ruined. Why? Because I'm encountering this being who is so much bigger than me. And he says, I'm ruined. Why? Because, let's face it, I'm a, I'm a man of unclean lips. And I'm not alone. I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the king the Lord Almighty. He's saying, if God is holy, God is perfection, and I see him for who he is, what it does is shines a light on me, shines a light on how little I am, how broken I am, how incomplete, how imperfect I am. I see myself as just a wisp. I, my, my life is just, just a blip. It goes by so quick, and I see that I'm imperfect, that if God wanted to, he could smite me right here, but he doesn't. I see I have this respect of him. And honestly, if you don't have this, if you don't have this encounter with God himself, courage is going to be very, very difficult for you. Because you don't know the one who is so powerful that is with you. You've got to have this encounter with him. And that's what Isaiah says. Scripture says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It, when we encounter him, it helps us see him for who he is, helps us see us for who we are. And then thirdly and fourthly, I'm going I'm to pair these two together because these are scriptures that certainly impact me and have impacted me. 
I believe what it does when we fear the Lord helps us interpret and understand the circumstances that we are going through. In John chapter 15, Jesus gives this illustration, this teaching. And he says, I am the vine, and my father is the gardener. And he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. And this is the part I want to focus on right here. While every branch that does bear fruit, and if you're new to scripture, you have to understand they use a lot of agricultural analogies here. Bearing fruit means that you have your roots where they belong and that the fruit is the action. It's, it's the good works. It's all the positive things that reflect God. He says every branch that actually does bear fruit, you know what the Father does to that? He prunes it so that it will be even more fruitful. What this means is that there are some times in your life when you are doing everything right, where you're following God, you're worshiping God, you're falling before him, giving, you're serving, you're listening, you're loving, all of these things, and guess what happens? There's some circumstance that pops up in your life, and you may be confused and say, God, I feel like I'm doing everything right. Why is this thing happening to me then? or you may be doing everything right, you may be being pruned. Yeah, you're fruitful, but this is not the end for you. (laughs) He wants you to be even more fruitful. The way to do that is not necessarily to give you the easiest circumstances all the way along the way. It helps us. The fear of the Lord helps us interpret times when we are going well and we face difficult situations, when we are doing well and we face difficult situations. And then fourthly, it does the opposite as well. Courage, (laughs) based on the fear of the Lord, helps us understand when things are, when things happen to us and we know, we know that we are not in the right spot. We know that we're not doing well and we don't change. This is what scripture calls is sin. And here's what the book of Hebrews says about it. In chapter 12. In your struggle against sin, he says, you have not resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Pause right there. What he is saying is, he he speaks to us when, when we say, you know, God, I'm just trying so hard. I just keep sinning, but you know, I'm trying as hard as I can. And what the writer of Hebrews says, let me call your bluff. Okay. And he says, And you have completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you. And he says, here's how it addresses you. As a father addresses his son. He says, here's what it says. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. And do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines the one he loves. He chastens everyone he accepts as his son. He says, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you, when that happens, God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? And if you're not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. He says, moreover, we've all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of the spirits and live? And yes, when when, when you are not on the path that you know even you know you should be on, 
What this scripture says is, yes, God's not going to punish you just to punish you, but he is going to discipline you. Why? Simply because he loves you. And if he didn't discipline you, he wouldn't be loving you. Don't you see that? And the fear of the Lord comes from all of those things. This is what unleashes courage. This is why the disciples, when they see Jesus walking on the water, this is why they were fearful. They were frightened. They encountered him for who he is. But don't you see how important it is for us to have courage that we encounter this Jesus in all his power, that if we want any sort of wisdom, it starts with respecting his power, respecting him like this. It starts with seeing us, just like Isaiah did, seeing ourselves as, you know what, I am so imperfect. God, I need you. I need you. It it comes, it is built on this assumption here that when we are doing well that he even prunes us or then when we're not doing well that he's going to discipline us all out of his love and if we don't if we don't see him like this let me tell you if you don't see jesus like this if you don't have this fear of the lord courage is going to be very very difficult because you are not going to know the one who is with you And Jesus says elsewhere, and I've read this verse 25 times at South Point through the years, but we'll read it again. (laughs) Here's how this unlocks courage for you. Do not be afraid of those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Jesus is saying, the worst they can do is kill you. Okay. (laughs) Thanks. Rather be the afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body and hell. But what Jesus does, remember the walking on water. <laughs> the walking on water. He, they're frightened at Jesus. When they see him walking to them in the boat. And then Jesus says, hey, it's me. You don't need to be afraid. Typically, when we encounter someone who has such great power, yes, that's intimidating. But this Jesus is also so full of love. And he is the one who is with you. When he was born, called him God God with us. He's the one who's with you. Courage is fearfully fearless. You fear him. What that does is it unlocks a fearlessness towards everything else in life. So what does courage do? Courage simply says yes. Says yes. They welcomed him into the boat. You may not know what that means for you right now. Again, if you are brand new to this, it just may mean welcoming Jesus into your life. In a few weeks, we are going to have baptisms at Scarborough Beach and may be saying yes to him. Yes, I just want to make my faith public. I want to say yes. 
if you already know Jesus, my hope is that this unlocks the courage in you, that you listen to him, that you follow him. Sometimes people think that church is just a Sunday morning type of thing. Yeah, this is part of it. This is great. This is important. The church really happens when Jesus' followers come, they encounter him, decide to go out, to listen to what he is saying to them. And for you, it may be, you know, he's, he is calling you to have courage in your family. I don't know what that means for you. It may be in your workplace. It may be in serving the community. And this is why we think it's so, so important here at South Point. This is, honestly, it was so inspiring to me. I love it. I love it. We, there are people who are at South Point who said, you know what I really care about? I really care about helping refugees and housing refugees. I'm going to say yes to that. There are people here who say, my passion is foster care. And yes, I know it will be difficult, but I'm going to say yes. There are people here who are passionate about mentoring kids in schools. Yes, it's going to be a block on my schedule, but I'm going to say yes. There are people here who care deeply about college students and serving through sojourn. And they're gonna, they say yes. Yes, whatever you need. There are people who say veterans who come back who feel like they have no hope or feel like they've lost everything or that no one listens to them. I want to help serve them. There are people here who say yes to that. We could just keep going on and on and on. And if you're saying yes, please keep saying yes. And if you're sitting on the fence here, know the God who's with you and say yes. Now see, my, my thing with this, to make this really practical is I think that almost everyone in this room, my guess is that you're, you're in. You want to say yes. The question is, what's holding you back? The answer is time. Energy, like mental real estate. You don't just have space in your life. And the thing is, let me just connect this back to, to courage. You can be worried and upset about all these other things. So oftentimes, Jesus' followers reverse what we talked about in the first point with courage. There's very little fear of Jesus and who he is and the person of God. And yet, all about all these other circumstances of life, there's a lot of fear. There's, a, there's just the word I use is you're in a tizzy about all these different things. And if you reverse that, you reverse those two things, what's going to happen is this in your life. What's going to happen is this. 
You're going to spend your time worrying about and giving mental energy and, and, and your life. You're going to spend your life worrying and all of this stuff towards things that you're not even called to do or that you have responsibility to do. And yet you're going to miss out on what God has called you to do. You've got to get this first part right where you're, you say, Jesus, I fall before you. There's no one greater than you. And all of these other things, yes, I'll let those balls drop to the ground. I'll let some things fall. But you know what? I'm going to do what you have called me to do. I'm going to do it. Get the first part right. And then your life starts to reprioritize itself. And I tell you, there's a reason that we should have courage. The reason we should have courage is the God who is with us. Did you see this Jesus here in this? In this story, did you see this Jesus? Here's the reason you and I should have courage. is because this Jesus walked on the water. And he didn't just walk on the water. Let me tell you, he walked on the storm to get to his disciples. He walked through the storm to get to his disciples. What a picture it is. A picture of the cross of Jesus here. That Jesus walked through the, walked through the storm of all the sin of the world, all the shame of the world, all the blame that is happening. He walked through the storm to get to you. And guess what? He did that out of his love for you. And guess what? This cross did not hold them. Not only did he walk through the storm, he conquered the storm. Out of power, the one who is with you is full of love, and he's full of power, and that's why you and I should have courage. And what we're going to do right now, we're going to celebrate this fact by taking communion together. See these tables right here? And this is why communion is a celebration. That he gave his life on a cross for us. We take a little cracker and a little juice to have a physical memory of a body broken for us and a blood shed for us. All the love and all the power that's in that. So I encourage you to, after I say a prayer, get up, go take communion. There's two cups. Grab the stack for the cracker and the juice. There's gluten-free in the back. You sit, you reflect, you celebrate this fact. And then after that, we're going to sing and worship him some more. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you for your grace and for your mercy. We have courage because of this unconditional love. God, all the time we talk about helping other people experience your unconditional love. God, I pray that that is not just a vision statement of a church. God, I pray that you make that our individual vision statements. The driving force in our life. Help us not be held back by fear of anything else. Help us come to you, the one who is full of wisdom, the one who is greater than us, the one who 
will prune us, the one who will discipline us even as a father. God, we, we love you and we thank you for that. I pray here for this moment that you help us focus on you. Help us praise you and worship you for who you are. And it's in your name I pray. Amen.